You're listening to the podcast, Carlos Avalon, My Music, My Life. Thank you for tuning in. And now, here's your host, Carlos Avalon. I should have asked you for your number, and if you'd like for me to go, because I think I really like... Hey there. We're going to get personal. I'm going to get personal on this one. Uh, people many times have asked me, what has been the biggest sacrifice I've made um, for being in this showbiz career? Uh, what's the price I've paid the most for being in this business? What, what have I given up the most? And, well, first, I love show business. I love the lifestyle of show business. I love doing what I'm doing. I love working late. I love staying up at night. I remember mom telling me that even as a child, I always wanted to sleep in in the morning and I never wanted to go to bed early. She knew then I was born to be a night owl. Uh, one either likes it or one does not. You're either a night person or you're not. And uh, uh, I love this life. I love the nightlife. I guess mom was the first to realize that My circadian rhythm or my biological clock was different from that of my siblings. Uh, I was lucky because at 13, uh, the age that I started performing with my band, Azor 68, we worked almost every weekend and uh, performing on average till about 1 a.m. And we didn't start the gig till 9 p.m. So... By the time we'd get done performing, uh, packing up, uh, driving home, most of the time stopping for a late night meal because that was in essence our dinner. And uh, well, we'd get home if we were lucky at 3 a.m. one night when not 4 a.m. And I actually, my brother Louis was the youngest. Uh, oh God, he was five, six, seven. And one time, uh, or we got home and it was already um, daylight because we had performed very far away. And, and we started saying, wow, it's already tomorrow. We're going to bed. It's already tomorrow. And Louis started crying because, no, he was kind of drowsy. He had been sleepy in the garden. No, it's not because I haven't been to bed. It can't be tomorrow till I go to bed and wake up tomorrow. So I never forgot that. Anyway. So, uh, we, I got used to it. I was born for uh, um, working nights. Uh, we often, com uh, often compare the, the, the music business shift to a swing shift. Uh, and then back to other sacrifices. Um, I, I remember in high school, I, um, um, uh, my high school program, music program, I was in a cappella, then I was in choir, but I could never perform on weekends so fortunately some of the choir performances that we did as an assembly for the students was during the school day but i remember i um i wanted we were going to do a fiddler on the roof and i wanted to be in it i wanted to play um on fiddle, fiddler on the roof but i did audition for it but i explained well some weekends i can't well most weekends were when they were performing it um, for the student body, for it to raise money for the school, you know, for the public. And so I gave up getting into my, that I already loved by then, that feel of musical 
being a musical theater performing. Then um, another thing comes to mind is, uh, of course, uh, we give up uh, a lot because even dating, I mean, um, after Kenny left this world, I started um, dating again with the first two years, three years, I was a moron. I was just, thank God the career was doing great because all I was concentrating was in my business, my career. But um, uh, when he left and when I started dating, I was dating uh, someone that uh, was rather, um, I was interested in, we were going out first, and I guess you call it officially dating. And... Uh, and then one time I'd be away two or three months. By this time it was cruise ships. Then I'd come back Palm Springs. I was already living in Palm Springs. I had already been in one relationship after Kenny that with Michael, but then that we we separated. And then I was dating again. And one time the night before I was going back on the road for another three months, we were having dinner at my favorite restaurant in Palm Springs, the Tropical. And I call it the Last Supper because it was our last supper with this guy. And he was a nurse. And um, he says, you know, Carlos, this is not going to work. And uh, he goes, remember the old TV show, I Love Lucy? Well, remember what, Ray, what Ricky would say every time he'd get home? He'd say, honey, I'm home. Well, I'm like that, Carlos. I want to say after a hard 10-hour, 12-hour day getting home, I want to say, honey, I'm home, but you're never home. You're never going to be home. It's not going to work. And I was sad. I was hurt. But, you know, uh, there is a sacrifice. You give up those possibilities because it takes a special person to get involved with someone, with a professional musician, with a, uh, someone in chill business. And... Uh, my luck with Kenny is that we were both in show business, not in the same show. He was a dancer, ice skater, performer in production shows. I had my own act, but uh, we both did not work weekends. Uh, worked weekends. We always worked weekends. We both went to bed at 3 or 4, when not 5 a.m. We both slept till noon or longer because... Our prime time had to be showtime, and that's when we had to, to be at our best. So, you know, you don't get up early if you have to be performing at your best at 9 p.m. So that was perfect, and a lot of showbiz marriages that survive, it's because they're both in show business. And um, uh, now, on the other hand, yes, we give up weekends, So, but I always, in a way, thought of that as almost a, a plus. Because how many times do you folks that always have weekends free get invited to either family events or other parties or other events that you really don't care to go to, but you gotta go, right? Well, we always have the excuse, oh, sorry, I can't make your event. I'm performing that weekend. So that can work as a plus. So... Those are little things that you give up, so I guess you could call sacrifices. But the biggest sacrifice, the biggest problem I've had dealing with because of being in show business is my weight problem. 
Now keep in mind, you've seen it. You've seen the, the pictures, those that follow me. Oh, heavier Carlos on this photo, heavier Carlos on this video. Oh, skinnier Carlo, Carlos on this one. And um, it was, uh, I never had a problem, as you'll see from some of the great hot looking, so I'm told, but yeah, I know when I looked okay. And uh, yeah, those early teens, 20s, and my 20s photos uh, were perfect. No weight problem, whatever. Of course, I was running six, uh, three to six. I got up to six miles a day, always active, playing tennis. But then Kenny died when I was 39. And um, he passed away. And my life, I mean, that feeling, it was the first time I used the word nothingness. I felt a feeling of nothingness. And within the first six months, keep in mind, I still had the career. It was still going, but that's all I had. If I did, maybe, if I was on stage 12 hours a day, maybe it would have helped. I only felt 100% fulfilled on stage, but that was four shows a night. And so within six months, I blew up. Gained 25 to 30 pounds. And from then on, the, the weight problem really got bad. I got up to 230 pounds. And the yo-yo syndrome, the dieting up and down, up and down, started. People started talking. They could see I was not, uh, um, not the same. And uh, I, I really started to feel ashamed of my look. I went through all that. And uh, I felt great when I'd get back to a gig because we'd have a month on, a month or a few weeks off, then another month on. That's how our contracts worked. I was with Harris Atlantic City and Harris Casinos rotating between Atlantic City and the Chicagoland property. I was doing Bally's Las Vegas. I did actually um, just before and after Kenny died. And... Uh, one of my fans, I remember telling me when I got back to Atlantic City one time, even heavier, opening night, and then we, we would alternate with other acts, you know. My show, the, the lounge, the cabaret, had um, three performers per day, per night, and uh, we'd alternate shows. They had entertainment 12 to 16 hours a day. So I'd do my show, half-hour break, clear the lounge, Another guy, another gal would come with her act, then we'd come back. And then the fan told me, you know what, I don't like that. It was a girl, and I won't mention her name. All I'll say is that she had a reputation of being, of gossiping and so on. She was very successful in her own right. Actually, she wrote some jingles that you would know. Yes, some famous commercial jingles on TV, uh, she apparently was, uh, my fan overheard her say, look at Carlos, he looks awful. How is he letting himself go like that? So all that comes back to you. And oh, by then, of course, you have a thick skin, but because you've had bad reviews, you've had good reviews, you can't let those things happen to you. But yes, my weight problem started really, really bothering me. And um, I did. I kept exercising. Here's the thing. I, I will tell people, I don't eat like I look. 
um, it was something happened within me that uh, something would change that I would gain for any little reason and I would just blow up. I kept exercising. I kept going to the gym. It's just a problem as Dr. Carlo, a good friend of mine, very athletic gentleman told me once uh, recently, he said, okay, when you're doing running three miles a day or bicycling five or swimming 20 laps a day, sure, uh, as you gain weight, that amount is not enough. First of all, it'll be harder for you, but then you have to run 10 miles a day to be able to put off all those, uh, burn all those extra pounds. And also the fact that he told me that I'm suffering today. I have uh, um, osteoarthritis, my hips are bothering me, and so on. And Dr. Carlo tells me that's the price I'm now paying for still trying and loving. I like being active, run, and do all those exercises, even when I had 30 extra pounds on me than I should have had to be running like that, and so on. So I never understood why the the weight came on because I don't feel I was eating like I should. It was a depressed, whatever it was. I didn't feel depressed. I felt a little lost. Something was missing. And uh, uh, by that time, um, I realized that, sure, I, I'd lose 10 or 20. Now, keep in mind, I never really went on heavy diets till I'm coming to one that I did do. But um, when I would lose a little bit, it wasn't that I was suffering. It was something in me triggered that all of a sudden I was burning it faster or something. So that's kind of how it always worked with me. But it's um, my problem. I was never one to snack. I still don't snack. My problem was after performing, the road can be very lonely. Going back to the hotel room, alone. Okay, getting personal here. Yes, there were a lot of one-night stands, but that's all they were, if you know what I mean. But then most of the time was getting, performing on such a high, then all those people adoring you, praising you, loving you, and then you come to a hotel room and you're all alone. That's when it would hit me. And those were my serious food attacks. I would feel I couldn't get to sleep without filling my stomach. So I'd get back in the car. I'd go out if the hotel didn't have a, uh, a restaurant open. I'd go to the nearest fast food joint. My favorite is Wendy's. But I'd go to whatever was open and I'd get the biggest hamburger I could find, cheeseburger. But then I'd go to a quick market store that would be open 24 hours and the real weakness was ice cream i'd eat the whole package of ice cream that was my weakness and i just kept dealing with it a little heavier at times a little lower feeling embarrassed about arriving back at another venue and being 10, 15 pounds heavier than I was last time. Oh, my father. I wish I had my father's metabolism. I was so jealous of that. He never gained uh, more than five, never fluctuated more than three or five pounds his whole life. Oh, I hated him for that. <laughs> anyway, but that's kind of um, uh, 
what's what the hardest thing for me to deal with this whole business and embarrassing at times has been my weight problem and then um in uh, the the loneliness, uh, uh, loneliness of that hotel room and the road, uh, hey, go listen to my song Solitaire. Why did I pick that song? Solitaire is the only game in town. I mean, the loneliness. That's why I recorded Solitaire. It's on Spotify. It's everywhere. So go give it a listen. You'll like it. But um, so I got as high as um, uh, about 230, 240 for a while. But then... Then a miracle came. In 2000, I found Atkins. I read about Atkins. I went on the Atkins diet, and within six months, I had lost, oh, a lot of the weight. I got down to 175, 180, which with my body uh, type, um, kind of heavy bones and uh, uh, broad shoulders, at 175 or 80, Believe me, I look pretty good. You could almost say it was a guy with the right proper clothing that didn't really have a weight problem. And so, yeah, I stayed that way for about a year. I met my buddy Sergio. We were spending a lot of time together. We had a great time together. I have a photo with Sergio on the boardwalk in Atlantic City looking great. And that, the yo-yo, then the, I started gaining a little more, but never uh, somewhat under control. Okay, a heavy set guy, I would call me. And you all saw it if you see my photos through the years. But then, in 2014, my mom died. Also at that time, I was experiencing total burnout from the cruise ships by then. Had already been doing it, what, eight years? I actually gave notice and got out of my contract with Celebrity Cruises. Thanks to Sharon, my manager at the time, that gave me the opportunity, to, uh, the luxury to be able to get out of that contract. Couldn't have done it without her amazing support. Then, within three months after mom dying, I exploded. Got up to the most I had ever weighed. By the end of 2014, I was at 260 pounds. I had never weighed that much. And that's the most, maybe 61 or 62, 263, I think I got to pounds. I was embarrassed to appear in public, to accept any invitations for anything. I was dealing with it alone on my own. The only thing that kept me going was the career. The music was still going. And then... I was preparing for my most important concert in about 10, 15 years. My 40th anniversary concert. Many of you were there. That was a big deal for me. But sadly, I performed that concert at the heaviest I had ever been on stage. Got to go to my website. You'll actually see. Uh, or on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash this is Carlos Avalon. You'll see some of the videos through the years. And you'll see on my website, I have a, a, one of the pages has me on piano, the video of me doing the song that I love, my mom's favorite song, Amor Eterno, with the violins behind me. You'll look on that um, Amor Eterno video, I'm sitting at the piano, the heaviest I had ever been on stage. And now, dealing with that weight, has been, now you know those that ask, what's the biggest sacrifice has been 
the biggest burden, the biggest sacrifice I've done. Because if I were not in show business, so what? I'd be okay. But in show business, the looks are so important. It's so superficial. Many actually say that the look is even more important sometimes than the raw talent itself. I remember John Rolls, New Zealand superstar, big, big star. I befriended John in, uh, in my Hawaii time days, performing there. He was at the Royal Hawaiian. We have a photo on my website of me with John uh, uh, horseback riding. He was a horse enthusiast like Wayne Newton. And uh, he told me, I remember so well, because he always worked out and made sure he looked great. And he told me, me one time with his New Zealand act, uh, accent, you know, Carla, um, you have to look like a star before people can accept you as a star. Never forgot that. But anyway, the weight problem is what I've had to deal with. I usually don't talk much about it, but I'm, hey, warts and all, I let you have it. And uh, um, I don't. I hear that Wayne Newton had a weight problem, and at times before he would do an interview, well, part of the writer, the technical sheet that would be sent to to the interviewer would don't bring up weight. No, you can bring up my weight problem. Huh? The other problem is the hair, but we'll deal with that on an, another episode. Again, my dad died with all his hair and never had a weight problem. I'm the one in chill business full time. I don't have hair now and I have a weight problem. So, but I guess the miracle is that I've survived and stayed in chill business all my life, even with that. Uh, so something I must be doing or ha had been doing was right because I kept performing, kept getting the contracts and somehow kept pleasing my audience and they, they kept accepting me however I looked, however I was. And then um, after mom passed away and after all that, started to yo-yo again, got a little better. But guess what? When COVID came, fortunately, it was after the first vaccine, I did come down with COVID. And I lost my appetite. I attribute when some of you saw within the last three years that uh, all my photos, I've lost weight. Everyone is saying I look good and asking how did I lose the weight. I, I didn't try to. I attribute that to the la lack of taste buds. And it was COVID. I didn't feel like eating. And coming out of COVID, I guess for the first six months, I still had no real appetite. So I attribute having COVID, what a plus, could have gone the other way, could have taken my life, as it did so many, sadly. But I think that because now I am appear to be controlling it, still fluctuate a bit, but I think I finally have it under control. Of course, I'm older. My, they say you lose muscle mass. I'm probably losing a little muscle. So I'm comfortable where I am right now. But that has been the biggest uh, sacrifice. And but here's what I've learned through the years of my weight problem. Do you know how you all sometimes say people, you do it all the time. I used to do it. You see someone that had a weight problem or was, or was heavy. And you tell them after you see they lost 20, 30 months. Wow, you look great. How did you lose the weight? 
Folks, think about this. I remember that. I will never tell you, if you're a heavy friend and you lose weight, that you look great. Because by saying that, what was I thinking before you lost the weight? That you looked terrible? That you did not look good? So that's what I've learned from all this. Not that I, I, we all love it. We, we take it when someone says you look great. But I learned that from it because I knew when they weren't saying anything and I was feeling terrible about myself that I had just regained 20 pounds. I knew what they were thinking. I didn't look great. But no, I never used that line because I accept you as you are. Because obviously people accepted me as I was because I kept working fat or skinny. So, thank you. Hopefully, now you know what a, the sacrifice I feel was the worst dealing with constantly. Because how I wish I were like so many, my uncle, my dad, that never had to worry about their weight in their whole life. Uh, jealous, so jealous of that. Now, get ready. In two weeks on my next episode, finally, Another one of my most important team members will be my guest. You've loved his work. You've heard me talk and brag about him, his talent. All my album covers that have been done within the last 15 years are his work, his talent, his artistry. All the photos I've taken for publicity for the albums within the last 15 years are his work. Bruce, Bruce, Federico. Ramirez will be my guest, and you will love hearing from him. Hey, like what you hear? Do you want to keep supporting? Do you want this to keep going? Let me tell you, at this point, the podcast is still, well, it's an investment to keep me out there because it still loses money each episode. So maybe you can go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash and send us a gift of support. And that's it for now. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Please join us again in two weeks for another episode of Carlos Avalon, My Music, My Life. Now it's not a city